What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by someone who has been in the marketing world for over 30 years with Blockbuster, Yogurt Mountain, Huddle House, and now the Senior Director of Marketing at Tzatziki's. She's an amazing friend and just an incredible human. Welcome, Julie Wade, to Give an Ovation. Thank you, Zach. I'm so glad to be here today. Thanks yeah, for having and- me. And uh, in your 30-year career, I know you've seen a lot, but I uh, I was grateful to spend your, you know, we got to spend your 27th birthday together. Uh, and so we had a great time there. But um, it's been really fun getting to know you over the last couple of years and, and hearing you speak and seeing you on stage. But first of all, tell me a little more around what, what does, for somebody who doesn't have a senior director of marketing or CMO at their restaurant brand, what, what kinds of things does the senior director of marketing do? I'm really overseeing all of the marketing efforts for our brand. So everything that has to do with our brand, which encompasses both corporate uh, markets and franchise markets, um, really driving the direction of the brand um, from LTO um, and promotional brand-wide opportunities, um, the technology, different partners that we're partnering with. Um, We do have some new tech partners within the last 12 to 18 months. You know, so so much of uh, the tech stack is changing. Um, So been doing a lot of vetting of new vendors and partners and getting those stood up. Um, So really just everything that has to do with um, really driving the business and driving those transactions in our stores through our, our branding and PR efforts and, and sales efforts in well, and our 90 something restaurants. Right. Isn't that crazy? I mean, there's just so much to do with that. And even behind you, we were talking before we hit record about the menu that's in your office right now. And I mean, you, you just touch so much of the business from a marketing perspective and back in my days when I worked in advertising agencies in New York city, one of the things that really st- stood out to me was this phrase, everything communicates, right? So the question isn't as much what is marketing, but what isn't marketing, right? Because how the app works is sending a message about the brand. The cleanliness of the bathrooms is sending a message about the brand. When Whopper had their 50th anniversary um, from from the invention of of the Whopper, one of the things that their ad agency did was they painted the lines in the parking lot, because what message does it show when you pull into a Burger King and everything looks garbage, you know, it, then you all, all of a sudden have that impression that it is garbage. Right. And so just really, I, I love that concept of that holistic view of marketing, because it's not just, Hey, run an ad and get a new customer in, but from the technology to the menus, to everything, I mean, like marketing really does have a fingerprint all over the business. Oh, it's even our employees as well. Most of our yeah, restaurants have point. open kitchens. So, you know, what are our employees look like? What 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 uniform are they wearing? Um, yeah, it's everything from the moment that they drive onto that parking lot 
Um, what are they seeing signage outside? What are our patios look like? Um, you know, what's on the front windows all the way into, you know, the restrooms like you were talking about. It is, it is every single thing. Um, and that's one of the things that I've really tried to embrace over the past few months is the, the whole guest experience. When we're building a new store and I go in for the first time, it's like, what is the guest seeing? What are they experiencing? What does the, is the artwork in the right position? Is the messaging, is the, the wayfinding sign? Are they able to find the restrooms easily? Can they find the drink station? Can they find where they need to go line up in line? Um, you know, all of those things that you really take for granted when they're done correctly, but when they're not correct and it really confuses the customer, um, you know, that's when those things really become at the forefront of, you know, everything that kind of really stands out and they don't need to be, you, you don't want those things being um, very obvious, um, but you, it takes thoughtfulness and planning so that they do just become kind of become like the back of your mind um, and exactly. not something that is bad. I, I totally agree. Like, for example, I, I was, uh, you know, over the weekend, I went in and to my house and there was a window well, right? House looks beautiful. My uh, wife and kids and I, we always like spend a lot of time cleaning it because we like things to be clean. But one of our window wells had a bunch of stuff thrown down there by the kids before we put the grate on it. And then we put the grate on it and all these things like, you know, there was like a football down there and there was like some cups and the someone had dropped a fork down there. And so even though you walk into our basement and it was like totally clean, just vacuumed everything in place, this window well looked so out of place. And it was like, every time I went downstairs, I only saw that window well, but then when I would go upstairs, I'd forget about cleaning it. And so finally this week I, I lowered my four-year-old boy down there and he cleaned out the window well for me. But it's one of those things where when there's something that's distracting, the goal is you don't notice every, anything, right? I am yeah. here to experience the food and I don't want to notice anything like, you know, bright things that are like uh, super distracting or things that aren't going to, things that add lack of clarity. It's, you don't want that. Right. And we were just talking about menu boards before this, but like with menu boards, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Right. And I, you go to some places, you go to the menu board and it's like, Oh, Hey, this is helping me have a better ordering experience. And some you're like, wait, what did I just see? Where is it? What was that thing? Right. Yeah. We went into, um, I took my team. We always go out to lunch every Monday together as a group here in the office. And we typically go to a tzatziki's, um, especially when a new promo starts on a Monday, because I want our team to experience the, the new food item, the new promo items, the way a customer would, you know, is the signage put up correctly? Um, mm -hmm. What are the cues that the store is giving? Are they suggestively selling the item and all that? Um, but this one particular Monday, there was a competitor that moved in um, not too far from us. So we wanted to go do a little competitive research. So we went to the restaurant and they had a big digital menu board. It was probably one of those four or five screens across. And there was a, a photo, one photo, most of it was text, one photo on there. And I said, oh, that looks good. Okay. I want that. And that's what I told the, the cashier. I want that. And she said, 
oh, I don't know what that is. I was like, what? What? She said, well, that's just advertising our chicken. I said, well, you can't fix that for me, like everything that's in that. She said, I don't know what that is. So I was like, what a miss for that brand. They don't have that label that this is the something, something bowl. So they didn't label it for the guest. They obviously did not educate their cashiers and their frontline staff on what the actual item was so that they could proactively sell that. Hey, you see that great looking bowl up there. You could have that same thing. It's the such and such a bowl. Yeah. Um, So it it really, really made a big impression on me and the rest of the team that, you know, you you have to put all those pieces together. It was a gorgeous photograph. Um, And I think I got what it was just by looking and piecing it together. But what a horrible guest experience um, for me to have to try to go back and figure out what all was in there when it was so easy for them to make that simpler for me and for their staff, just to say, okay, put a label on there and we know what it is. And we can order it. That's I think that's such, I think that's such a great concept. I remember when I was doing consulting management consulting with fortune 100 companies. And one of the things that was drilled into me when we were designing slides, they would always say, if the client has to think you've done it wrong, it should be so easy and intuitive that you look at the slide and there's no math you have to do. There's no mental gymnastics. I'm just like, oh, I get the point of this slide, right? Mm-hmm. It says it, it's clear, and it's it, it's easy. There's not like, I'm not trying to piece together, okay, what's this? What's that? And the more you're thinking, the less you're spending. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I have, I have two mantras. People don't read and people don't do math. So if you're really making people do either one of those things in large quantities, you've just lost them. You've completely lost. I love that. That, that, those are, that's so good because people, it's so true, right? Is they just want to, let me see it. And I'll like skim through it. I mean, think about it. Think about an email, Julie, right? How many emails do you get? That's just like a block of text. And you're like, like gone. gone, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's so true though, with, with this, uh, like I, I just got an email today from one of the states telling me about some unemployment insurance change of my rates, and I literally had to scroll four times to like see the entire email. And I'm like, I don't know. As I just forwarded it to someone else, I'm like, just let me know if I need to do anything with this, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it's just there's so much, there's too much information there. I think that's a great that's a great mantra. People don't so people don't read and people don't do math. Yeah. People don't that read is, and people do not do math. That's a great way to put it. And and I think that's what, you know, one of, one of the questions going to ask was, what do people get wrong? But I think that really what we're talking about here is making things too complex, whether it's an LTO or menu, right? Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you take those principles into action? Like, what are some things that maybe you've changed or the things that you've like cut uh, because it was too complicated? Well, one of the things we're trying to change right now, um, we're in the process of doing it, is our loyalty program. So um, we we have one of those have to do way too much math to compute our uh, loyalty reward. So right now, um, when you come to Tzatziki's, you spend $6 and you get a star, one star. 
for every 25 stars that you get, then you get $10 off of your next meal. Okay. Hey, so you doing the math, Zach? Can you do hold the math on, on pl- that? Hold on. I'm pulling out my Excel. All right. Yeah. So get, carry get out the a calculator. two and 1.3 star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. That, that, is, that is a little, I'll be honest. That is a little that complicated. Is, even that, explain yes, it. Yeah. That is the most complicated um, loyalty program. And so we are in the process of changing that to make it much simpler so that it is going to be a point-based system that is going to be uh, $1 equals 10 points, get it pretty much on that same basis with everybody else. Um, so that that is coming soon. We, we realize that that is an issue. Um, so we, we're working toward that. Um, How would you recommend like avoiding things like that in the future? Um, ours was, we were kind of a victim of circumstance, the way that that kind of all came about, which some of it was, um, the platform that we were using at the time, just the way that it was set up, it was kind of in the early days of a particular um, loyalty system. And that was kind of the way that it, it was, unfortunately. Um, I think as a, as a brand now, there's so many more options to choose from. So I think you have to go into it and and I've extensively researched loyalty programs over the last 18 months, knowing that we were looking to change ours. So what were the things that we were looking for? What did we know that we wanted to do? Um, You know, there's so many ways to, um, you know, really make it simple for the customer. I think there's plenty of platforms out there now. And the one that we're currently using, we can switch it. Um, we're just waiting for an, a lot of other dominoes to fall before we can, we don't want to switch just this one thing without switching a bunch yeah. of other guest features as well. Um, so until we can do a whole overview, we're not going to change just this one thing because we want to make one big splash at one time and not just little tiny um, incremental changes for the guest. But um yeah, you've really just got to figure out, you know, what is it that you want the guests to really experience from your loyalty loyalty program? Is it, um, are you trying to get out of it more visits from them? Are you trying to get more information out of them? Are you trying to, um, you know, get uh, new customers? You know, what is it? And then you can build your loyalty program around that, but there's plenty of ways just to make it simple, simple, simple from the get-go. And then, you know, every loyalty platform out there has a gazillion ways to add on, make fun features and, you know, double points and, um, you know, all kind of fun and surprise and delight kinds of things. It's just really pick and choose what you want to add on. Yeah. And a couple of things I've, a couple of things I've really seen that have stood out to me lately are, some of the loyalty systems that are allowing for you to do more than just like get, get free food, but maybe, you know, you unlock certain things that you can buy certain kinds of swag or that you can have different experiences or there's menu items only to people that are in the loyalty program. Like there's really cool ways that I feel like NFTs, even if you're not using NFTs, the concept of NFTs can be applied to any loyalty program and it's about exclusivity more so than it is just like an extra dollar off if you spend X amount, right? 
Yeah. And anyway, th- there's some really cool stuff you can do with loyalty programs now that, that people are doing. And especially now as a lot of people are going to try to figure out where do they go now from level up since they're sunsetting oh, that yeah. product, right? It's a, it's a great opportunity to go out and, and look. And we've got some, some great partners in the space in the loyalty program. And you've done a lot of research. So, you know, I, I would say uh, I'm not saying reach out to Julie, but, you know, if you find her at a trade show, ask her about it. But, you know, feel yeah, free to reach out a, to there's us. There's a lot of companies out there that are offering some pretty good deals right now. Yeah. Um, on the the heels of that as well. Yep. Yeah. So now, now if you are thinking about switching loyalty, now is a great time to do it. And there's some some really cool companies doing stuff. So, what what do you think, Julie? Now we've been talking all around this, but what do you think are some of the most important aspects of guest experience nowadays? Um, for us, uh, with the guest experience, is really getting that feedback loop closed. Um, yeah. you know, what is happening with the guest experience, the, the feedback that we're getting, what are we doing with it? Are we just sitting on that information and just saying, oh, you know, sorry, you had a, a poor experience? Or are we taking that back to the operators in the store and saying, okay, here's what we're hearing from the guest. Why, why is this happening? Um, I think I've shared with you before the the very it was either the first or the second weekend that we started using Ovation in Atlanta. Um, I don't know what happened. If it was a bad batch of lettuce, if it was old, I don't really know what it was. But within about 18 hours, I think we got either four or five complaints through Ovation saying, I got a salad and my lettuce was wilted. It was old. It was brown. Um, and it was over a weekend. So, you know, typically when things happen either through the website feedback or, you know, a Google review or something like that, we may not even really see that until Monday. But because of the ovation feedback, um, we had somebody that was looking at that throughout the weekend and was able to give that instant feedback and then close the loop with the restaurant and called that store and said, Hey, do you realize, because it was not somebody in our store that was actually answering the ovation. It was a, um, an LSM for us called the store and said, you have a, a lettuce issue. You realize what's going on. Um, we've gotten, you know, four or five complaints. I can't remember what the exact number was. Um, you need to go check your batch of lettuce. And sure enough, you know, something was wrong with it. So, you know, we were able to almost in real time, close that loop, throw out that batch of lettuce and start from scratch and, and end that, um, you know, that bad customer experience and then start from scratch, which if we didn't have ovation, I don't think we would have done because that would have, you know, gone throughout the weekend and it would have been another 12, 18, 24, 36 hours before somebody had ever even looked at those um, responses and probably, you know, it's one of those things that, yeah, maybe somebody may have taken the time to leave a Google review or gone on our website and done, but because of the ease and the simplicity of the Ovation platform, you know, it was just so easy for them to shoot us a quick text and, oh yeah, okay, your your lettuce was wilted, um, and so we got that feedback and we're able to really stop that issue in its tracks before it got a whole lot worse. Yeah. And I th- that's beautiful. I'm glad you shared that here because yeah, it's about, first of all, 
hearing what the issue is. Second of all, responding directly to the individual so they feel heard, they feel like you care. And then lastly, it's fixing the problem, right? So it's like, you got to ask, you got to make it right now and you got to fix it forever. And, uh, you know, having all three of those things is essential with a feedback platform. And it's essential to, to not just improve the guest experience, but that, that's what creates true loyalty when someone can feel like, oh, wow, like Daziki's actually responded to me. You know, they, they care. That, that makes a big difference. So be, besides using Ovation, what, what do you think are some of the, you know, any successful, um, what I like to call hospitality habits? Like what are, what are some of the things, the key ingredients of creating a five-star guest experience? Um, we try to call our guests by name as much as possible. Oh, um, that's not always possible, but um, through our loyalty program, you know, if if we do have their name, then it does come up. Um, so that's one thing that we do try to do. Um, we've spent this whole year really focusing on the wow guest experience. What can we do to really? give those customers that extra punch. Cause we realized coming out of COVID um, you know, customers have put up with a lot. Um, yeah. They had to suffer through COVID shutdowns and then it was the hiring, um, you know, staffing crisis. And then they had to live through the um, you know, the, the crisis with having all of the um, materials and um, everything that they were not able to get and then it was inflation. It's just one thing after another. You, the customer has put up with an awful lot. And now they're just at the point where they just want their order correct. And we're trying to give them that, but then also a little bit more, just give them that service that they're, uh, you know, had been accustomed to. So we've really done a lot of things um, trying to identify our new customers you know, it's sometimes pretty easy. They walk in the door and they're kind of like this, okay, where do I go? Do oh, I, yeah. do I uh-huh. sit down? Do I go get in line? You know, where do I go? Um, so that's kind of easy sometimes. Sometimes it isn't, um, especially if they're with a group. But we do try to identify those new customers. Um, and we, you know, greet them. We have what we call a tour of flavors, which, you know, Tzatziki's has, I think, like 16 different sauces, so if it's somebody who is truly new to tzatziki's and has never dined with us before, we will serve them a souffle of each one of our sauces. And, you know, whatever protein they chose for their meal, they can try each one of those sauces and it may give them a new way. Oh, okay. Well, this is really good with the horseradish sauce. This is really good with your tomato chutney aioli. This is great with your basil pesto. Um, you know, ways that they would not have necessarily tried that dish before. Um, so they can come back in and try it other ways. Um, so those are some things that kind of just some extra touches that we're trying to do this year over and above, you know, just our normal everyday, just good, you know, customer service, looking people in the eye. How are you doing today? Yeah, those types of things. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a thing I call it the pepper principle. A little bit goes a long way, you know? And, uh, and I think it's those little things that really make a difference. I love that. 
Now, who, who is someone that deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following? Um, I've really learned a lot this year from Ken Bott at PDQ down in Florida. Uh-huh. Um, he's done really great work with the whole guest journey, um, taking their loyalty program and doing some really cool things with it. So uh, I'll give a shout out to Ken. Um, he and I have talked several times at different conferences and I've called him to pick his brain um, a time or two. Um, so that that's who I've kind of uh, leaned on a couple of times over the past year or so. Awesome. Well, we, I gotta, I, I love Ken. I had lunch with him um, in Chicago, super cool guy. Got to get him on the podcast. So appreciate yeah, you uh, bringing yeah, him up good. and how do people find and follow you and Tzatziki's? Well, Tzatziki's.com is our website. And of course we're on all the social media platforms, uh, LinkedIn and, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. And so, yeah, you can find us for we're out there, pretty easy to locate. Awesome. Well, Julie, for helping us flip the script on guest experience and making sure that we understand that everything communicates. And by the way, for being such a gem of a Southern charm, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us and giving ovation. Thank you, Zach. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.